Home. It is more than four walls and a roof. Home is a feeling. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and I believe that home is the most important place on the planet. Here, I dive into all things home, whether it's tips from my latest DIY project or interviews that examine what gives a house that something special. Join me as I get to the heart of the home. Hey, welcome to Heart of the Home podcast. Running a business and being parents of three small children and having a life is no joke, yo. Having a life, that's (laughs) hilarious. You think we have a life? (laughs) Today, we are going to be talking a little bit about the behind the scenes of Stag Design, some growing pains that we're experiencing, some exciting things that we have coming up, and how we are trying to make it all work. The Heart of the Home continues in just a moment. Hi, everyone. I'm jumping in for a minute to tell you about our newest Stag Design launch, the Aspen Collection. This collection is elevated and grounded in earth tones and hand-painted patterns. Use the code Heart of the Home for $10 off your next purchase. At Stag Design, we believe home is what we make it. You can find us at stagdesignshop.com. That's Stag with two Gs. Welcome to the show, everyone. I always love when John joins me, and I always say that every time when you join me. You do. I always you love when you join time. me because it's so nice, honey. Thanks. I like really, joining you. I think people like you more than they like me. That cannot be true. <laughs> I think I actually, I, I, I'm not upset about it. I like you more than I like me. That's not true. That's weird. <laughs> That's a weird thing to say. I like us equally. You're great. <laughs> but I think that you are really fun on the podcast. Well, thank you. You're I, welcome. I enjoy being part of it. Okay. So our business has gone through a major transformation. And lately, John and I have been a little bit like, why, why is this not happening faster? And why is this so hard? And this is... Bleh. And one of our employees kind of put me in my place the other day because she said, look back at the past year even. Can you believe everything you guys have done and all of the growth that your company has seen? And look how much bigger everything is and better and how much smoother everything's running. And I was like, you're right. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what it's actually like to run a small business that's budding and I dare say booming. Yeah. You're just nodding and smiling. (laughs) I wouldn't say booming, budding. Budding, but blooming quickly. I keep thinking of this analogy of we have this little sapling, this little teeny tree that's coming out of the ground. And that tree could be eaten by animals. It could be (laughs) blown over in the wind. It could dry up and die from lack of water. The soil could not have the nutrients it needs. And I kind of feel like <laughs> I'm totally you putting... how I went to flowers <laughs> and you went to being eaten by savage no, it's beasts. A, it's a beautiful little sapling and it's going to become... <laughs> it, it, gets, it gets better. Just be patient with me. Uh, and it's going to become a big, beautiful, powerful oak tree or redwood tree. Yeah, because those get like massive, right? Um, but right now it's a little tender sapling. And if we don't give it all of the nutrients it needs and protect it from animals and the wind and all the things that could happen, that tree could die. Right. But if we protect it and nurture it and help it to grow, it could become something really big and cool one day. I feel like that's my analogy for our business. We're a little bit above sapling. 
wouldn't you say? Okay, we're whatever. We're yeah, I don't tween. I don't know what the ter- terms are. <laughs> I don't either, but we're 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 in tween stage. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. But we could still be eaten by a deer or trampled by a deer or <laughs> or you know, bad things could happen and we have to be careful and we have to really protect this tree, right? Okay, so this summer, let's just get it. <laughs> You're just, just going to move on, on from there. <laughs> just, I'm, not, I'm not even going to entertain that anymore. Some people listening to this podcast will totally see where I'm coming okay. from. Okay, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> I This summer has been a summer of busyness and a lot of exciting projects that have been going on for Stag Design. We had our very first parade home, which was a big checklist item for us. We really wanted to do a parade home. We were so grateful that um, Blue Atlas Homes reached out to us to see if we wanted to collaborate on a parade home. And it was a great success and it turned out beautiful. We had another client that was a really large project that was an installation immediately after that. Like when I say immediately after, it was the week after. It was crazy. Um, We also have a huge collaboration coming up that we've been working on. We released an art collection that was a huge amount of work. We've been hiring and adding to our team, and it feels like it's at a neck-breaking pace. Do you feel that way? Yeah, we've totally upped our game in so many different areas and where we've wanted to up our game for a long time, but we didn't have things set up yet or didn't have the right help um, or the right opportunities. So it feels like a lot of things are coming together all at the same time, which is really exciting. In the past years... Um, we've had design work come in and I haven't, there's not, there wasn't enough me of, to go around. And so I couldn't do all of the opportunities that came my way. And that was very frustrating, but I was also birthing three children and having, ch- you know, so right. it's like, I, you know, you have to balance it that way. But I feel like we're finally in a groove. We have the right infrastructure in place. We have, you know, a list of clients that are waiting for us to get to their projects. And that's a great place to be. That's a really great place to be. Um, We're always building that client portfolio and expanding our staff even more. And so I'm looking ahead at the rest of our year and it's pretty stacked with design projects. So this is the plug, I guess, if you want us to work on your design project or want to get the ball rolling with that, the sooner you reach out to us, the better. Because we're we're getting our our client projects in place for the rest of the year and entering into next year already. Yeah, no, it's really exciting. And what I love about running a business is it really stretches you and forces you to learn things and get out of your comfort zone in so many different ways. And I feel like we're definitely in that place right now where we. We have, we have gotten really good at a few things and we realize we need to be really good at many more things or hire people who are really good at things who can join our team and help us. Um, and it's just a really, I love that about running a business. I'm a curious person. I like to learn new things and expand myself in that way. And, you know, running a small business is a really good opportunity to do that. So we're definitely feeling stretched in a good way. I feel like sometimes when you hear from business owners or you see business owners online, you know, everything looks perfect. Or maybe you can tell that that they're going through some changes and stretching, but they don't really talk about it. So I wanted to peel the curtain back a little bit. 
um, and talk about a little bit about one of our biggest pain points. Probably okay. Our biggest pain point is dun 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 marketing in- invoicing no. <laughs> marketing. <laughs> That too. That you know, too. We could come up with a list of things that are pain points. Invoicing. Yeah, invoicing is, I would agree, that's even an even bigger current pain point. I feel like the invoicing is, we were talking about Lord of the Rings analogies slightly before we started recording. Jen was. I don't know why she was bringing that up. but <laughs> Well, now I have to put it into context. John heard this weird <laughs> drumming noise in the background somewhere, and it was the cord hitting the microphone. And he was like, what is that drumming? Do you hear that drumming? <laughs> and I was like, it's the, what is it? The orcs in the in Lord of the Rings that are drumming when it's all quiet. And he was like, they're goblins. <laughs> orcs are bigger. If you're going to use an, a Lord of the Rings reference, you better get it right. <laughs> okay. I am the worst. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to use another one. I feel like invoicing. Oh, here we go. This is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Invoicing is the cross between the orc and the man, like the like the creature that they create. That's like the monster, the scary, the really really scary one with like the jagged teeth that's big and what is awful. The name? What is what are those called? Urukai or yeah, Urukai. Urukai. I got it. You and got you it. Did it. You did it. What is happening? <laughs> it's not like I'm an expert in Lord How of the Rings. I know that. I never read the books or anything. That was filed somewhere in the back of my brain. <laughs> my fighting. I have guy. no memory of uttering that word other Jen than this is moment. King Geek. <laughs> okay, we need to get back on point. That is what invoicing is for me. It's this big, scary, gross monster <laughs> that we didn't want to touch and nobody wanted to go near. Because that's not really my strength or area of expertise. It is yours, except it's such it's just, a huge job. It's a lot of time. Kind of goes back to not having a lot of support in the past. Um, we need employees who can enter things in as we make purchases and make that process a lot easier. And we just haven't had that in the past. And we also ran into a place of like a perfect storm because... We were ramping up for these really huge projects with very tight timelines that were very close together. And we've never really had that happen before. We've had projects back to back before, but usually they're like a big one and then one or two small ones. But this was like huge, like entire house projects. And we just didn't have a good plan really in place for how we were going to handle that and so we were moving so quickly it's like we couldn't we couldn't keep up on yeah. that and at, to to compound that even more at the same time john was like we need to implement a new invoicing system and so those three things it was like the trifecta of i don't know what it was it was Dorian. Yeah, because it was a hurricane. (laughs) Well, because our accounting system, not our accounting system, but our invoicing system has been me with a spreadsheet. And, (laughs) and when I tell other designers about that, they laugh so hard. They're like, I cannot believe you got by as long as you did with a spreadsheet (laughs) because it's so much detail. It, It seems like it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but you're talking about hundreds of different items you have to make sure you capture everything. You're not leaving things off because if you don't invoice for them, you don't get paid back for the things you're purchasing for a client. 
So um, it's been a very manual, difficult process in the past. And now that's just no longer an option. And it, it was never ideal in the first place. So yeah, we definitely have to have had to put in place a new accounting system to make it work a lot more efficiently. And now we're in a place where we're trying to work through this system. And luckily we have help now. We have employees who are helping us work through and get things up and running, but it's still a long and laborious and frankly root canal of a <laughs> process. Like I would rather go get a root canal. <laughs> if if somebody was like, hey, I'll do your invoicing for you if you go get a root canal. I'd be like, Jen, sign me up. Jen's saying all this, but she's almost not involved at all. So <laughs> she's just like watching me suffer and our and other employees is, suffer. I am, I'm so empathetic. <laughs> Literally, I cannot handle you being so stressed out anymore. I'm like, I need, we need to fix this like yeah. immediately because it's like off the charts with well, the stress levels. Being an optimist, I'm, it's, I'm really excited for when we get all this in place because I've, we've seen how bad it is when we don't have a good system in place. And in the future, when we do and it's working well, it's just going to be amazing. It's going to feel great. <laughs> what advice would you have for somebody who has a service-based business and doesn't yet have an invoicing system in place? Get one as soon as possible. Yeah. Like, do you think we should have hired an accountant earlier? I mean, I'm trying to think of like, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, I'm just starting out in my business, what do I do? See, a problem that I've always had is I know enough about enough things to be dangerous. And so I have a finance undergrad degree and, you know, I, I can handle our finances is what I think in my mind. And I can, I mean, it's, it's something I could definitely handle. But should I handle it? Because if I put all of my time and attention into that, obviously I have less time and attention for other things. Um, and same thing with, you know, you name it, a whole different, a whole bunch of different areas. Um, so I think for me, what I'm learning is, although I could do it, and I think I could do it well, I would have to devote so much time and so much energy that there's an opportunity cost to that, right? And even though I it's painful to pay someone else to do something that you know you could do. If I don't let go of that and delegate, I don't have any time for anything else. And um, so invoicing has been one of those things that we need to, we have needed to hire a bookkeeper and put in place a software system and get employees working on it and getting the whole system working independent of me so that I can devote my time to just overseeing that and then doing a bunch of other things in the business. So I think that's a lesson that probably a lot of entrepreneurs have to learn is it's not about whether you can do it. It's about whether you should do it and how you should be spending your time for the maximum impact on your business. So um, I would say delegate as early as you can. Okay. And let us also say that, that we're almost through the most painful part, hopefully, of this invoicing process and then things will run much smoother. That's what John keeps telling me is like, yeah. we we're almost there. There's almost a light at the end of the tunnel and then things will run much smoother in the future. Yeah. And we've seen that in other areas of the business where we've had a real pain point and we've finally been able to hire someone to help us. And then it's like the most amazing thing. They just do a lot of the work and we oversee them, but we're not having to find time to do that thing anymore. So there's something very nice and therapeutic about 
finding someone you can actually delegate to who knows what they're doing and can handle it. Another pain point that we're going through right now is that we've grown so quickly. We've definitely outgrown our home office space that was sort of stag design headquarters, but we're not really in a place yet where we can jump into purchasing an an outside office space, but we really need to. Notice how Jen said, was our headquarters. I think she's optimistically, she's already in this future state where we have a separate office space. Hey, our headquarters is you still gotta our just home. start thinking that way. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you don't start thinking that way, it won't manifest itself. That's I really am doing us a favor. I'm just thinking in the future tense. You've probably mentioned we need an office space 10 times this morning alone because <laughs> so. we really need an office space, <laughs> right? We do, yeah. It'll be great when we get one. I feel like that will transform our business. I do because. We can have such a, a fresh spot to meet with clients. We can have team meetings there. We can um, house our product there. We can have photo shoots there. We can, you know, keep a library, a design library. I just feel like it will be a game changer. Yeah, I agree. For us. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could see his face right now. No, it's, it's one of those it's a things. Scary thing. Yeah, it's a scary thing because um, we we are growing really fast, which is exciting and scary at the same time for the guy who manages the finances of the business. Because um, obviously, we don't want to hire someone unless we're certain we can pay for their time, and we don't want to take on those kind of fixed overhead expenses unless we're certain we're going to have the revenue coming in and and the profit margin left over to pay for new things like that. So it's part of the growing pains and the stretching is just knowing, you know, when do we take that jump and get office space or hire another employee in a really key area. So yeah, we're kind of in that state where we need it. We would really like it, but we're not sure we can afford it yet. Tell me one thing that you think we've been doing right lately. Uh, Going back to delegating, I think um, we've known for a long time. It's funny. I think for a while we actually believed that we could do everything that needed to be done ourselves if we just worked harder. And maybe it's that optimist in both of us. And we're both really, really hard workers. Yeah, we're willing to just stay up late just work ourselves to death. We're not just hard workers. I feel like we're both delusionally yeah. ridiculous hard workers. Yeah, I was getting in to the delusional capac- part. <laughs> in every capacity, like even when we were in school, we were both like the student that was like doing all of the things. Yeah, group projects. We hate, actually hated group hate projects because we ended up doing all the work. Yes, both I of hate us. group work. We were never in the same group, but we were always the person in the group I know. who did all the work we for everybody else. We would go home else. and we'd be like, Because I think people could see like, oh yeah, this this girl or this guy, they're, they're, if I just hang back, they're just going to do all the work. They're just going to do awesome. all the work. <laughs> and I would say in our careers, we're both like that. Yeah. You know, like when I worked in news, I would, I would work crazy, crazy shifts and insane hours. And I just plow through it, you know, and suck it up and do things that were dumb, like work, you know, crazy, insane shifts while I was pregnant. I mean, just, we're both just crazy hard workers. So 
for us, we're like, well, the answer is clearly that we just need to work harder. Just work harder. And we're not working hard enough. And the reason that was bad is because, you know, we were already working as much as we could. You know, as far as number of hours spent, we were maxed out. But in our minds, we thought, well, if we can just be more efficient or if we can find more time. And the only the only time we had was time we were sleeping, which wasn't enough already. So I think we finally realized, probably about a year ago, we cannot do any more. And what we're able to do isn't enough. So um, we want to grow. We have big aspirations. We have got to get a lot of help. And, you know, we have to be really careful because we have to be able to afford that help and we have to grow in a smart way. But um, the biggest epiphany, I think, for us was, it's total common sense, but it's hard in practice, is we need a lot more bodies and skilled help to take on certain areas of the business. And we have to grow quickly, but in a smart way. So we know how to manage people and give them very clear direction. In the past, when we've attempted to hire people and it hasn't worked out very well, I think it's mostly been because we weren't ready to manage people and to give them very clear direction and a clear job description, give them the resources they need and then oversee them. So, you know, these are examples of us stretching and learning as we go. We've made a ton of mistakes, but we're learning how to manage people and and grow in that way. But delegating has been the biggest epiphany. I feel like we've got such a great team in place right now. And we still have a lot of kinks and like logistics and things like that that we need to work out. I feel like we even need to hire more people right now. But it's one of those things that it's like, uh, it would really be nice if we had a person for this and a person for this. And candidly, I feel like we have enough design work that I feel like we could hire even more designers. But I'm so nervous to do that because it's just still like, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like, you don't want to, you don't want to overstaff yourself. You don't. And right now we're, we're clearly still understaffed, even though we have a team of eight. Now we have a team of eight people and we're still, I feel like barely keeping up. Right. Which is a good problem to have. Yeah. It's, these are good problems. And, you know, and for my day job, I'm in venture capital and helping to build some healthcare companies. And um, the way that we build companies in my day job is completely different than the way we're able to build this company where it, the typical VC type growth company is you get a few million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and you and yeah, I mean uh, that would be that'd be amazing, right? It'd be like manna from heaven. You start with a you know a million, a couple million dollars, and you know you want to be really careful with that money, but you can immediately go and hire a team of really like superstars who are full time, paid really well, and experts in key areas, and then they grow the business like crazy, right? And then you go out and you obviously get an office space that you can pay for because you have the money and you invest in certain key things to grow the business. So that's one way to do it. And you can grow and scale really fast if you do it that way. But then you have a ton of pressure to show real results really quickly, right? And in some ways, that's that's a dangerous way to build a business because you have so much money that you're likely to waste a lot of it. And I'm a believer in the lean startup 
approach where you really start with small resources and you test things and try them. And when things don't work, you stop doing them. And you start with really small resources. And once you've identified something that really works, then you really invest in it. So um, it's not all bad if you don't have a lot of resources to start with. In some ways, that's better because you're going to waste a lot less money as you learn and grow the business. Uh, but it means that you have to grow it completely differently and, frankly, at a slower pace because you need to build the resources that can fund the things that grow the business. So uh, it's just interesting for me to see those two different approaches to growing businesses. Um, it's not uncommon for me to be sitting in on a, a pitch meeting for an investment and the company is three or four years old. They have 20 million in revenue and they're losing 10 million a year because they they're spending every dime of profit they make and 10 million more to keep growing the business at a crazy pace. And those businesses either completely fail and then a lot of money was lost or they become huge, really successful businesses. But it's really a risky way of building business from a money perspective. So I, although, I mean, I know, I know what you're saying, but if somebody <laughs> was like, I'll give you a million dollars to invest in your company right now, I'd be like, let's do this. Yeah. I've already gone through the thought ex exercise of what I do with that money. <laughs> I'm sure you have. It's fantasy land. I'm sure you but... have many times, <laughs> many, many times. No, but we, so we grow our business differently. We have to. Um, and I guess my point is that's not necessarily a bad thing. In some ways it's better because it, it's maybe slower growth. I think everyone in the entrepreneurial VC community these days believes that you've got to build a billion dollar unicorn within two or three years. And that's certainly one type of business and one way of growing a business. It works really well for software and tech companies. Um, but you know, people have been growing businesses for thousands of years, right? And um, the typical way is the way that we're doing it, where you start small and you figure out what works and you take the little bit of profit you have and you roll it over into growing and, and buying more things. And it may take longer, but you build a stronger company with much less debt, you know, much fewer investors. And, you know, the hope is that it works out because you're just really good at what you do. I think um, if I could look at one quality that is helping us get through this challenging time, I think it's optimism and us just going, you know what? And, and, and I think coming from a place of gratitude too, because we're both going, all of these great things are happening and it's painful, but you know what? We'll get through it. It'll be awesome. And we definitely both have had those moments where we're like, what? You know, but... <laughs> I don't think, I think what's been good is that we haven't had those moments at the same time. Right. Like yeah. you had one the other day and I was like, you know what? It's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. And look how, look at all these great things happening and look at this, you know, all this client work coming our way and all these wonderful things. And then I'll have a moment and you'll be like, you know what? It's going to be fine. Everything's great. How are you feeling this morning? I'm feeling good this morning. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Starting a company, being an entrepreneur, it's not for sissies. <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> you gotta be able to put up with that emotional roller coaster and the risk that you're taking. Um, and we definitely try and be really smart 
with the risks we take because there's a lot of dumb risks that people take and they think that they're being brave when they're just being dumb. But you do have to be brave and take smart risks and that's scary sometimes. But then there's so many reasons to be optimistic and excited with our business. Everything going on is really exciting. And I have been like counting down the minutes until the girls have gone back to school the past few weeks and they are now back in school. <laughs> I think they're happier too. <laughs> they're ha everyone's happier that they're back in school. I have more time to be productive and work. It's a hard thing to balance young motherhood with trying to grow a business and do really big things because your focus is just so pulled in different directions. But I'm feeling like we are getting into a great groove heading into the rest of the year. Yeah, and our youngest is almost three, um, which I think makes a big difference. She's becoming more independent. And when she was a newborn or when you were pregnant, it was just a lot harder for you to have the energy and the time to work on the business. And probably most importantly, the mental focus that is needed. Let's talk about that a little bit for just a moment, because, you know, I've shared before on Instagram that I have really bad postpartum depression. I didn't have it with Ruby, our oldest. I had, I think, baby blues with Ruby, but with Anna, I had severe postpartum depression. And it took me a really long time to come out of it. And I feel like I was just starting to get out of it when I got pregnant with Vivi because they're so close together. Mm -hmm. In fact, I found out I was pregnant with Vivi on Anna's first birthday. <laughs> I woke up on Anna's first birthday and I said, I think I'm pregnant. And John was like, no, you're not. And I was like, I have a pregnancy test right here. <laughs> and we and both had this moment where we we're looking at each other wide eyed and like freaked out. And then we're like, Okay. Uh, okay, cool, actually. Because <laughs> we were planning on having another. We just weren't it thinking gonna it was going to happen maybe that quite close. that quickly. But so anyway, I think the the combination of my postpartum was so severe with, with Anna. And then I was just starting to really come out of it when I got pregnant with Vivi. It was like, I think it made it really bad with Vivi too. And my recovery was really bad. I had a, I had an emergency surgery. Anyway, it's been a rough, I think it's been a rough year or and years. a half or so. I feel like it took a year and a half. Or, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe even right. a, a full two years. And your surgery about six months after Vivi was born was definitely part of that. You were bedridden after back surgery. and I had emergency back surgery mm -hmm. and that made my recovery even worse because, I mean, emergency back surgery is no joke. It was really, really hard. But um, even more than that, I think I'm a really active person. I like exercising. I've run marathons and I couldn't. And even now I can't do everything that I have done in the past after my other two girls. So that outlet for me mentally, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And I still can't totally do it. But I feel like within the last six months or so, it's lifted. Oh, yeah. And you notice that you've, you've seen a change. Oh, totally. Yeah, it comes down to your ability to be optimistic and focus on the future. And for a time, that was really hard to do when you're feeling the way you were feeling. And I knew that that was going on at the time. And it was challenging for me, too, because I, I wanted so badly to, to just say the right thing that would help you feel better. And, you know, guys always want to fix everything. Right. Um, but you know, I did my best to support you and I knew how challenging it was, but it was, I know it was a hard time. 
probably the best thing that you said to me was, and I'm going to get emotional, but you would say, you are not seeing things as they really are, but I am. And so I'll sit here by your side and I'll tell you how things really are. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I'm getting emotional too. <clears throat> that was hard because I knew you didn't really believe me at the time, <laughs> but I hoped that you would just trust me that you'd get through it. And I was glad that I was able to be there for you and I hope that it helped. <laughs> it did help. I mean, it, it did help, but I, you know, and you would say to me, this isn't you because you're not, you're normally very optimistic and you're very, you're normally, a go-getter. Yeah, you're very upbeat and it would I would try to explain what it felt like and I would say, but it feels like I'm in the middle of this dark sea of tar and I'm being pulled down and I'm drowning and I can't find a way to get out of it. And you know, I it's really I I feel like it's it's really hard even when you're in the middle of it to see that that's what's going on. Yeah. But we were just I felt like I was just trying to survive every single day. And when you're trying to survive and you're trying to run a business and you're trying to be a mom to three children, wow, it's a lot. That's, that's hard. It's, <laughs> it's really hard. Really really hard. And it was at a time when my job was also really stressful and taking a lot of my mental energy and time and focus. And um, so it was a real challenge to get through that. But it feels like in the last probably six months, would you say six months or so? Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to explain it, except, you know, when you walk outside and um, you can feel the sun, like the morning sunlight. Oh, why? I was not <laughs> planning on talking about this or getting emotional in this episode. Um, but you walk outside and you can feel that sunlight yeah. on your shoulders. That's what it feels like. It feels like it's back. Yeah, I certainly haven't experienced postpartum depression. Um, but, you know, everyone has ups and downs. and um, And it's amazing to me on this topic how much your mental state can affect everything in your life. And it gives me a lot of empathy for people who suffer from real depression, which I have never suffered from, um, thankfully. But I've gotten a, maybe a little bit of a glimpse into it enough to have empathy for that. And, and you know, to put it back in the context of what we're talking about, you're going to have days as an entrepreneur where things just seem really bleak. Like this is not working. The future doesn't look good. You know, we're being way, we're being stupidly optimistic about how we're going to grow this business or that everything's going to work out great. And, and you can just become really pessimistic and in a dark place. And it's amazing how it's all based on your own perspective, your own feeling at the time. And the next day the sun could come out and you could have one little thing go right and it completely changes your mood. Like, no, this is great. We're doing well. Completely changes your perspective and you feel optimistic about the future. And your mental state controls so much of your actions and certainly the way you perceive where you are and where you're going. So I guess maybe the tip from all this is 
pay attention to your mental health as an entrepreneur, because it is such an important component of being successful. I don't like the term self-care because I feel like that term has become like such a, you know, like an excuse to go get like a manicure or something, you know, (laughs) but I do think that is so vital. Like I can notice, like I've had a really crazy week this week and I haven't been able to hit my workout classes. I haven't had like that mental break and I can tell a huge difference in just the way that I'm feeling this week. I'm feeling really anxious. In fact, last night I have a bunch of looming deadlines and people waiting on me for things and I'm feeling really anxious about it. And John got home from work and I was like, okay, I need to go work. (laughs) I need to go work. And I like passed off the kids to him. And I was like, why am I feeling so anxious? Yes, I have a lot of things to do. Oh my gosh, it's because I have not been able to work out this week. I've had too many meetings back to back to back and I've been staying up too late working that I haven't been able to wake up early enough to work out before the day starts. And I I really think that has made a big difference for me. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're noticing that that it's feeling very overwhelming, I would encourage you, although it's so counterintuitive, right? I would encourage you to just step back and try and take a break mentally and do something that that feeds your soul. Recharges you, yeah. What recharges you? Um, <laughs> I, I actually have been, it's really hard for me to find time to read because in my day job, I'm a lawyer and I read all day, but I read boring legal documents or I'm drafting documents. Right. Um, and it's always been a real challenge for me to sit down with a book and read. Plus I've never frankly enjoyed that, but I do really enjoy devouring a book. So audible has been my thing to find time as I'm driving into work or working in the yard or something to turn on an audio book. And I've listened to tons of different types of things like entrepreneur books and business books. And um, right now I'm listening to East of Eden by John Steinbeck completely. Like there's nothing about that book that's going to help me be a better entrepreneur. I'm always looking for something that's going to like solve some problem or, you know, do something for me. And I've thought, you know, I'm just going to listen to a book that's just really good literature and not expect to get anything out of it other than just the enjoyment of it and fulfillment of it. And I've really enjoyed just listening to a good book. <laughs> so that's one thing I do to kind of take a break mentally from everything else. Yeah, for me, it's working out. I love getting a good workout in, which doesn't happen as much as I would like or need to make time for. But I just I really love that feeling of a good workout. And I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm driving. Well, if I'm not with the girls, when I'm driving to and from client appointments, I listen to podcasts. If I'm with the girls, I'm listening to Disney music. Baby Shark. Baby Shark. Both the techno and the funk version. The dance version. It's not funk. It's the dance version, Well, there's the dance version and then there's like, is there a rap version? Baby, baby. Yes. Baby. Pretty dope, actually. And sometimes we'll be driving around our neighborhood and our girls want us to roll down the windows and we'll have like baby shark thumping. It's like rattling the windows as we're listening to baby shark driving down the street. My favorite is every morning when I'm driving the girls to school, I say, okay, pick your pump up song. So I let them each pick a song to like pump themselves up on their way to preschool <laughs> or second. And this morning I just had Ruby and Anna. And so I was like, okay, what's your song? 
Guess what song Ruby picked? What? Dark Horse by Katy Perry. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Our kids like, have always had good taste in music. I was like, Ruby, okay. <laughs> Let's do this. And I'll give you one guess what Anna picked. Um, what's her favorite right now? I can't I can't think of it. Coolin by LL oh, yes. Cool J. Yes, that's, that's one of the favorites right now. <laughs> so it's no not baby. LL Cool J. Are yes, you kidding? It is. No, it's not LL okay, Cool J. Okay, I am looking it up right this it's second. Definitely not LL I, Cool is J. It's absolute Coolin. Who is it? <laughs> oh, Swizz Beats? Yeah. Who the heck is Swizz Beats? The well-known Beats? artist Swizz Beats. Featuring Eve. Featuring Eve. Eve, Eve, Eve. Hello. I know who Eve is. LL Cool J. Swizz Beats? <laughs> I thought for sure it was LL Cool J. I highly recommend it. It's a great song. Okay. Well, if, if Dallin can find that, maybe that'll play us out. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We hope that you have... You know, learned a little bit more about what real talk in business is like for entrepreneurs. And it's not all pretty pictures and fun. And it's a lot of work. And um, at the end of the day, though, we are so excited about the big things that we have coming up. We're excited to share them with you. We so appreciate every person who cheers us on supports our business, gives us a shout out, a high five, buys our products and puts them in their homes. Like that is the biggest compliment to us or hires us to work on their home. And also if you have a project that you'd like to talk to us about and discuss uh, your needs, we'd love to hear from you. You can always shoot us an email, clients at stag-design.com and uh, learn more about our services. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and you've been listening to The Heart of the Home. I hope you'll subscribe, review, and rate this podcast, and tune in next episode for more Heart of the Home. Thank you so much for listening.